You're listening to the To Business CC Technology Podcast. This is Episode 2, Technology and the Talent Gap, recorded on March 27, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Thanks for listening. I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. SWIC Technologies presents the To Business CC Technology Podcast, providing personal and business growth through deeper understanding. The key to this business is personal relationships. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm joined by guest Martha Kerrigan of the Big Shoes Network. The Big Shoes Network is a family of niche job boards that cater to college students and entry to senior level professionals in advertising, communications, graphic design, marketing, publications, public relations, social media, etc. The list kind of goes on, but they do have two different areas that they focus in, uh, the Midwest and, and down south. So uh, their website, if you are interested, is www.bigshoesnetwork.com. One of the things that Martha and I talked about was how in Wisconsin, the unemployment rate hits record lows. And when this was recorded in March, it was 2.9%. If I check that now, we've actually fallen yet again to 2.8% as of April. So pretty exciting stuff here going on in Wisconsin. And uh, Martha and I really just kind of talk about how she got a start in her business, Big Shoes Network, her experience and history there. And then additionally, we kind of talk about the unemployment record um, low of 2.9% and uh, some other things that businesses are doing in the Wisconsin region to help fill the talent gap or bridge that talent gap. And companies like Manpower and Rockwell Automation are partnering with the Academy of Advanced Manufacturing. They're training veterans to fill some positions. We also discuss artificial intelligence and technology, some of the short-term effects and long-term effects of those things on employment and unemployment. So before getting into the interview with Martha Kerrigan, let's get into the engineered minute. Microsoft announced the spring release of Dynamics 365 and business application platform. Regarding digital transformation, future growth across all industries and the organization and business models of entire industries themselves will be driven in large part by applying digital technologies to more intelligently engage customers, reimagine products and services, transform operations, and empower employees. At the center of this opportunity is data. For customers who visit websites, comment on brands via social media, visit stores, and use products from products and services which are increasingly connected and provide direct insight into their use and health and from people who communicate and collaborate with modern productivity tools like Office 365 and who maintain their profiles, skills, and business connections on LinkedIn. This data from customers, products, and people is fuel for intelligence to power transformed experiences with those experiences further providing data to further refine interactions. Microsoft calls this the digital feedback loop. Dynamics 365 is built around this data and intelligence, unlocking these powerful insights and efficiencies for organizations everywhere. Microsoft's spring release represents continued innovation that is the result of that focus. All right, so we're going to go ahead and welcome our guest of the month to the show. We have with us today Martha Kerrigan. Martha, how are you? I'm doing well, and you? I'm doing great. I'm very happy and excited to have you on today. Um, I've, I've known of your organization for a very long time, so I feel like I don't know, pretty special to have you on as a guest today. Good, thanks. Um, with that, tell, tell the audience a, a little bit about yourself, um, the company that you do represent, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Okay. 
Well, I am the president of Big Shoes Network. We're a niche job board and resource site for what would be considered the marketing communications industries. So advertising, communication, marketing, PR, social media, web design development, and graphic design. And we're strictly in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Minnesota, and have recently expanded to the southeast, including Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Wow, quite the reach. That's awesome. I like yeah. that it's segmented that way. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how did you, I, I like I like hearing backstories if given the opportunity. Um, how did this kind of start for you? Oh, golly. Um, well, both my husband and I have been involved in the advertising, marketing, communication space for quite some time. And uh, through that, I, I actually started out uh, at UWM in communications. And actually, my first job was with the world's largest collection agency. Because, oh, boy. Yeah. So I know about all those student loans out there. Um but that was because I my work study at UWM was in the very early years of the internet and doing research and development on the internet. Um, and because I was unafraid of computers, I ended up training 40-year-old male collectors how to use their brand new computer system. Fun. Traveled. Yeah, that was, it was fun. It was intense. It was fun. And uh, that moved into writing training for manpower because they had a need to create self-delivered training for all of those temporaries, again, on the latest and newest software programs that were coming out Wow! that those temporaries then had to go and work at. So um, changed from that over to the HR talent side, developing business partnerships, not unlike what you're doing now. Um, and then moved into what I'm doing now, which is Big Shoes. Um, people would just call me or my husband and ask, hey, do you know of anybody with copywriting skills? And we'd make some phone calls and that would happen, which moved to a list serve, which moved to an actual company. And you haven't stopped since. When was that that it kind of took off that way? Um, it took off in 2006, and it was quite accidental because... As we were making these connections via this email list, it grew to about 1,500 people on that list. And wow. yeah, companies like Johnson Controls and uh, Northwestern Mutual, our contacts there were like, why aren't you charging for this? And we thought, well, hmm, that's a great question. You pay. <laughs> How much would you pay us? So uh, we invested some savings and uh, developed a website. So because we were spending so much time doing that outside of our regular work, and we'd get a phone call from a grandma saying, "My grandson is looking for work. Can you put him on your list?" So then we would contact him and put him on the list, and he would say, "Hey." Tell me about the last three emails you sent out, and it just got to be super. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I could see yeah. a lot of um, need to know, kind of be in the loop, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So then it took off, and and obviously you guys have kind of explained your your niche kind of um, subject areas uh, where you where you focus on. Now, when you were this is a fun question. I think I'm going to ask everybody this coming on the show, um, but did you ever picture yourself doing what you're doing as a kid? You know, when you think back to you know five, six, seven, when you're in grade school and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did, how did that work out for you? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, When I was really little, I wanted to be a veterinarian. 
but had never been around animals. <laughs> that was an issue. Sure, okay. Um, I would say in high school, I either wanted to be an actress or a welder. Um, and then at UW-Milwaukee, the actress thing, it was just too much work for too little pay. And so I wanted ultimately to go into training adult education and maybe even be an executive somewhere. Like that's mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do. Um, because I fall into the camp of being pretty good at a lot of things and really enjoy working with people and teams and leadership. And I have a twin brother who is outstanding at this one major area. He's an amazing music teacher and audiophile. And so, you know, when you're a twin, you compare yourself a lot to other Interesting, people. Interesting, sure. Particularly your twin. So I wasn't, I've never been the number one person at one thing. I've always been pretty good at a lot of things. That's which is where I think that, you know, the welder actress thing comes in. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, and you're, you're, in a sense, with the with the company Big Shoes Network, you're building something. I mean, maybe not welding, but welding is bringing two <laughs> things together and making them one. So if you're connecting people to jobs and careers, um, you're doing that a little bit, and you're you're certainly doing something for the greater good and working with the teams that are in the executive spots. I imagine it sounds like you've kind of covered your bases with where you've landed, and and yeah. you do public speaking. So there's a bit of acting flair in that too, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess it it is a a melding of all of that. So, sure. and because our industry is changing, um, you know, when we started, it was primarily communication, marketing, public relations. Well, that grew into social media and graphic design, and then graphic design became web design, and then elements of web design is web development, and so. This constant learning, constant finding that next thing around the bend has been part of our job. Yeah, that's fascinating. We're seeing a lot, um, you know, obviously with technologies, we're in the, the tech space and we're seeing a lot of um, data-driven, data science, AI, predictability, predictive mm-hmm. analytics, so on and so forth. And that kind of encompasses CRMs and, um, you know, different machine learning kind of things that help salespeople and sales funnel and sales process. And that goes into marketing. And so there's a really neat thing happening collectively as we build this other layer over the internet, you know, now that it's kind of come to maturity, um, mm-hmm. we're getting into the next stage and it's happening fast. Yes. And, and with that comes people that have some very um, specific skill sets. And that kind of brings us to our topic for this month, which is I'm calling it the talent gap. I think some might call it the skills gap. Um, and some might just simply say that uh, there's a people gap. You know, we don't even have enough people to fill um, any role, let alone the, the kind of specialized ones. Yes. And so one of the things I had called out was um, there was a recent uh, publication in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel featured on March 22nd that was titled, Wisconsin's Unemployment Rate Falls to Lowest Ever um, 2.9%. Now, I have to imagine in your field, um, you have some some things to say about that that I probably wouldn't know of or or have. Um, I think it's fascinating. You know, it is because the United States unemployment level is at 4.5%. And what what is really interesting in that whole report is that we're one of five states where the unemployment went down yet again in uh, the early months of 2018, 2017. Um, And of the 
288 metro areas in the United States that the Bureau of Labor Statistics tracks. Wisconsin has um, Madison, which is the fourth lowest at 2.3%. Sheboygan, which is the seventh lowest of those 388 metro areas at 2.5%. Fond du Lac, Wausau, Oshkosh are the 12th lowest. Appleton, Green Bay, Milwaukee are the 29th lowest. I mean, we are wow. we're in the top 50 consistently. Uh, all of our metro areas are experiencing that at the same time. So, yeah, it it is a crunch indeed. And, and I mean, Spectec, we're in a position where I shouldn't say it's hard to find um, good talent, but they're not just out there. You got to draw them in. You have to attract them. Sometimes you have to take them from other places and take them. Sounds a little bit hostile, but um, maybe attract is the better better phrase there. But it's it's becoming um, yeah. There's a bit of a gap, and you know where do we start with that? And I think Wisconsin's done some great things over many years to make this kind of happen, um, which is a problem to ha- have that we have. Nonetheless, it is a good one, but still a problem, right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, a part of it is, you know, when we started this conversation, a bit of a shift in population too. Okay. Um, because. The mid, there more and more people are moving to the southern and western states of the United States. Mm-hmm. So our population is de- U.S. population growth is declining, which is sort of an oxymoron. But you know, back in the '60s, our population growth was like 1.9 percent. Well, now the U.S. population growth is 0.7 percent. So we're still increasing in population where there are more births than deaths. But that's slowing down. It will switch, number one. And number two, for the colder agrarian states, fewer fewer people are moving to our states, including immigrants. So part of the reason is just a reduction in population. Um, and then that skills gap, you know, we talked about talent gap, skills gap, the people with skills, the gap between that and the people without those technical, digital, and higher earning skills mm-hmm. is growing. There's still a lot of opportunity. You know, one of the questions in that article is, uh, you mentioned from the Journal Sentinel was, is this a good time to look for a job? And Mark Marcon, the analyst, said, absolutely. Well, it depends. It depends on what kind of job you're looking for and who you are. Exactly. It depends on the job. It depends on the industry, and it depends on your expectations. Yeah. Um, because I think there are a ton of jobs. The the reference there is you can't drive through Mequon without seeing lots of you know ads posted in the windows of different places. Yeah, but there aren't a lot of people that want to work at you know those jobs drive through a window yeah. or yeah. in the you know that want to work in the. Um, when they say hospitality industry, you know, they may not want to be a maid at the, you know, local Holiday Inn. So um, it depends on the job and it depends on the industry uh, and actually even in our industry. So, for example, the unemployment rate, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, is 4.9% for graphic designers because there are graphic designers with traditional skills, you know, that, that can create and illustrate and that kind of thing, but perhaps can't transfer it, um, transfer that skill to the Adobe Creative Suite, as, as an example, or sure. to a web design. Um, they can see how it looks, but they don't have that technical skill to turn it to 
a web design. And again, um, there's a 12% unemployment rate for advertising and promotion managers because that entry-level skill set, there's a lot of opportunity, but as you move up, there are fewer and fewer people needed because of that AI piece, because of that technology piece. Well, so many things are becoming more automated. Right. You can manage more people with fewer people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, and that's some of the things that we've noticed um, you know, we, we partner with Microsoft and the, and the Microsoft stack where Office 365, for example, has so many different features and it, it, what the cost of entry um, for a startup, for example, is very different today than it was 10, 12, 15 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you may have had to buy a server and a couple of workstations and all this licensed software and now you just pay a subscription fee and you have all of that. It, Right. And then the automation tools that come with that means you don't need all those people to do those reports for you anymore because there's Power BI, the business intelligence application that visualizes it. So now someone that doesn't even understand this stuff can interpret it correctly. And, and there's just a lot of interesting, interesting things happening there that mm -hmm. are streamlining business process. Yes, yes. And expectations. I mean, um, we do have some folks in that we've met with that are entry level and again they have a, a high debt load because of you know, the whole school debt yeah. issue um, but also a just like a lack of understanding of how salaries work and entry level pay scale and you know I'm not gonna I, got, I can't work for that you know, I expect to make this kind of thing as far as a, a salary without understanding all the components of that salary. Um, you know, the health care uh, cost and the paid vacation cost and the sick day cost and all of that that is, is the companies have, they take on. Right, and so you could maybe get that wage if you work for a smaller mom-pa kind of business where maybe you don't get those benefits and suddenly your, your paycheck looks a lot bigger but you're not getting those paid days off you're not getting those uh, medical health care benefits and there's a there's a trade-off there yeah and and some people are willing to forego that mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and also I guess some folks um, they don't want to do that low-end food worker kind of job to earn extra bucks because it's sort of a distraction. Yeah. Uh, it's not enough money to make it worth it. But then when our employers look at the skills and experience of someone coming in, they might have been a rock star in college, but if they don't have any proof that they can show up on time and do some of that grunt work and, you know, sort of, sort of pay your dues, I don't know. The risk, is it worth it? Swimming in the pool does not translate perfectly well to swimming in the ocean. Right, yeah. And then there's the other tantalizing effect, which is um, I've met with some students recently. They actually have already graduated, and they're making 25 bucks an hour at a little restaurant around the corner, you know, with wages and tips and the whole thing. And it's really hard to convince them to take a step back and make $15 an hour. To go work on their profession. And, right. And yeah. you'll get that for the first year. But in the 10-year 
time frame, you know, that um, delayed gratification, in 10 years, you'll be making more and your advancement opportunities will be much greater, actually even five years, than if you stay in that, the, yeah, I'm making $25 an hour, you know, 40 grand a year as a waiter, but you're going to stay there forever. That's a stagnated spot. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to be able to transcend that. The trajectory there is flatlined yeah. rather than stepping back for a little bit. There's a quote that I love by a guy, um, maybe you may have heard of him. I know a few, few people have. He's got a syndicated show that I think has like 12 million subscribers, but uh, it's Dave Ramsey. And he says, oh, yeah. Yeah, he says, live like no one else now, and later you can live like no one else. Right. And there's something to that. Yep, short-term pain for long-term gain yep. versus short-term you know, short gain for long-term pain. You're just going to have to – and right now it's really nice, but then it gets less nice and less nice and less nice, and pretty soon your skills – you don't have the option. That's the other thing I tell students all the time. You know, what, what, what I would encourage everybody to do is provide themselves with lots of options. So I might not want to study Spanish in college. I'm going to take ESL instead because that's easier, quicker avenue to get that second language element out of my general education requirements like at UWM. Yep. However, taking two years of Spanish means you're conversational, which gives you many more options when you graduate, especially if you continue that throughout college. So you continue taking a, a class or two in Spanish, wow, when the immigration tips to where there are going to be more minorities in the marketplace than your average Joe Caucasian, that has already happened. So this gives you access because you're going to be able to work in more places with that. Even just being a translator or something like that at, at a healthcare um, facility is, you know, a great paying position that's got a little bit more dignity involved. You're really helping yeah. people. And then you have ability to kind of transcend within that atmosphere, depending on what your yeah. um, focus was in college. Well, and like my son, when he was in college, he studied Spanish all through high school, tested out, but continued with that Spanish contingent. He worked at one of the local hotel venues as a, a maid, you know, mm -hmm. cleaning rooms. Um, and several of the other employees, their first language was Spanish and their second language was English. And so when there was an issue, when they would run out of stuff, it would come out in Spanish first and the HR <laughs> department was like, what's going on? And my son would, you know, translate. And so he very quickly became a supervisor where he wasn't having to clean rooms anymore, but he was mitigating these issues and stocking and restocking and finding out what was needed just because he had that piece going. Yeah, but he had to, he had enough humility to get into the ecosystem first and understand that, look, I have to have a job, right? There's opportunity mm -hmm. here right now at the ground level. And once you're in there ascending from that position, th then then you have more opportunity. But you yeah. can't just and you then, can't just come in as that person a lot of the times without the experience. Yes. And and the same thing likewise we say we tell students and new professionals internships are as valuable for you learning what you like but also learning what you don't like. Mm -hmm. I know of another guy, he interned at three different ad agencies. Uh, the first ad agency he interned at, it was in a marketing and sales kind of, you know, calling people all day long to to find out if 
they could take advantage of their social media sure. you know, package that they sell to small healthcare organizations. And he, he didn't like that part of it. But it did give him a lot of time at the end of the day, and he had access to that email list at the ad agency. So he just called people, emailed at people, and said, hey, I'm a new intern here. I'd love to have cup of coffee with you and find out what you do. And That's so cool. he would spend 15 minutes three times a week with copywriters all the way up to, like, the principals of the organization. Sure. Powerful. Um, so the next, yeah, and the next internship the next summer was in a different city doing analytics work. He found out he liked the analytics part, but he didn't like the agency environment itself because it was mostly, like, older folks, and he wanted to work with a young, you know, crazy yeah, frenetic yeah. organization. So he kept in contact with those people that he had spent 15 minutes with. So his third internship was back at that original agency doing account services and just loved it. And that's, that's where he landed. awesome. And that's a powerful thing to, could you imagine someone coming in to an interview and saying, why do you think you are qualified for this position? Or why do you want to work here? Well, I can tell you that I know everything I don't like and you have perfect alignment with what I love. If I can do what I love and I have passion driving that, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to work better and harder than anybody else because I care about it more. Because I took the time to figure out what I don't like. Yes. That's a powerful, that's a powerful thing. Yes. And he took to heart those conversations. You know, what do you got to do to stay in a job in this industry? What do you got to do to keep up with the skills in this industry? And when I talk to people again, that have been in the working world for years versus, and, and new people, new folks coming in, they're like, Ugh, I don't want to have to keep in contact with a zillion people, you know, keep my network alive. And you don't have to contact people every month. Sure. And that's with not depth. And to have some depth with a couple of, you know, key people rather than a little bit with everybody, then you have something a little bit more valuable, I think. Right. And it just means touching base once a year. When I say touching base, it doesn't have to be an extended conversation like you and I are having. It's, sure. It's like, oh, hey, I saw your article on LinkedIn and I agree with it. And you share it with a bunch of other folks. Yeah. There's a guy, his name's Spencer Smith um, in Madison, and he has written a book called Rotoma. And it, it really is about being top of mind. So you circle back on that given day with someone on LinkedIn and they're like, oh, wait a minute, we have this web designer position open and I know that guy from way back in the agency world or, you know, we that guy was really good at logos or, man, he really rocked the, you know, uh, CSS, HTML thing. I, I'm going to circle back and just see what he's doing now. And it's top of mind. Yeah, that's a, it's a called a, something reticular, or so, I forget what the piece of the brain is. That yeah, you know, you see a red car, and then all of a sudden you see you know, red cars everywhere, or whatever your friend buys yes. something, and it's like wow. And that happens with that too. It's the same thing. And once you're paying attention mm -hmm. to something or focus on it, that's what moves, and that's what happens in your life. But suddenly you have this greater awareness. So when something else comes up, you're gonna pay more attention to that. That's cool. Well, yeah, and and that's why retargeting is so effective, and why. Um, you know, having a cookie on your website is, is 
all of a sudden you start seeing ads that are right in your demographic and it's kind of like, oh, well, that's because it works. It's what you're thinking of right now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So there's, uh, we'll, we'll kind of progress here just a little bit. Um, one of the things that, that we had noted was um, something that Manpower and Rockwell Automation were doing as a partnership in the Academy of Advanced Manufacturing. And um, you know, I dug into it a little bit and I didn't note too much, but one of the things that caught my eye was um, the, the thousand trained veterans per year. And, and they really kind of struck a nerve with me. Um, I, I put a little bit of time in myself and, you know, I have a lot of friends that have served and uh, we actually employ a couple here. And those employees that we have that were either in the Navy or are actually currently in the Army Reserves, um, they're just outstanding. They, they come with this key skill set of the you mentioned earlier like oh people need to know when to show up on time and, and a lot of that they have those fundamentals met um, and very well and then so it's a great foundation to build on I just thought that was a great um, thing to consider when looking at the skills gap now I don't know how that translates into the communication side but I have to imagine there's a little bit there too because just in the army there's every job that we have in the civilian world too you know they're a business essentially oh yeah yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because um, the the bar, the the entry bar of expectations goes up for folks that are in the military. In other words, um, what we what what some people are like, oh, I don't necessarily have to show up on time, or this is a flexible. No, it changes when you go in the military. <laughs> You have to show up on time, yeah, or, or you're else. really do some grunt work. <laughs> yeah. There's no out. There's yeah. there is no out. And so, um, when you when you come out of the military, it it it's frustrating because you know some people just don't feel like they have to show up on time. So in those really lackadaisical sort of industries, that can be frustrating. But for you know your most industries, that's really helpful and. That Manpower Rockwell Partnership training veterans is one key thing that we're seeing in the industry specific to the skills gap, and that is where there isn't a population with a particular skill. Companies and educational institutions, companies and venture capitalists are joining forces to create those skills or to upskill, as manpower would call it. Yeah, that's a good way um, to say it. Because the lifestyle of skills, or the life cycle of skills, is shortening. You know, you used to be able to do one thing and do it very well for the lifespan of your career, and that's not true anymore. So what we're seeing in the ad world, PR world, marketing world, in the agency life, it's pretty much been 15, 18 months to two years and you change jobs, either within that organization or you go to a different agency. Um, and now we're kind of seeing that in your average corporate world where two to four years and you're changing jobs because that skill set that you once had is no longer applicable or it's layered. You have to go to the next level. You yep. have to go to the next level. Well, and I know that a lot of what this particular article talks about with, you know, Rockwell and um, they're saying manufacturing didn't die, it evolved and it's not what we think of it anymore. It's not this 
grimy, grungy place. It's a it's a high tech, science driven, data driven environment that's clean and fun, and um, you know it's super advanced and it's very very digital. And yeah. with that comes more digital jobs. You know, there's so many positions with the word digital in them now. I think the word, I, I'd be curious to know when the word chief digital um, officer came into play, right? Because that's someone that GE yeah. has in, in, in their infrastructure where they have GE digital and there's McKinsey digital and, they, and like there's all these digital entities now. And, you know, that really means something. So it's fascinating to see that there's a great partnership kind of, kind of happening here to address some of that stuff. Because if you go back far enough, um, this really is something that, that ought to be addressed um, in colleges and some may even say in elementary schools. You know, where, where do you start to really get these people on this trajectory to go that way? Well, you know, it's interesting because that Manpower Rockwell partnership was featured in the Small Biz Times Economic Forum this year, um, and it's an out- outgrowth of some of the conversations from last year, which is, is artificial intelligence and technology replacing workers? And it's not. It's, right. uh, it's actually creating more jobs, again, back to that Panera reference. It's just a different type of job. And I don't know, I grew up, there was a show when I was really young called The Six Million Dollar Man, where, you know, the tagline was better, stronger, faster. So the man wasn't replaced. Just some of his parts were replaced to make him better, stronger, faster. In fact, side note, Mark Wahlberg is going to be in the $6 billion man movie next year. Oh, my gosh. And he's so interesting because you talk about people changing positions or jobs or roles or, or companies because the skill sets, everything's changing so fast that you can't yeah. hold on to that same skill set for so long. Otherwise, you'll be a dinosaur. Like um, people yeah. aren't programming in, you know, old ASP languages anymore, or maybe they are, you know, that's just outside my wheelhouse, but things have changed. It's uh-huh. Java and it's, um, you know, PHP and, and whatever PHP, else yeah. and JSON yeah. and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So it it's interesting. Um he he was Marky Mark until he wasn't, you know. Right. And, and he he changed now he's his sexy stripes. Mark. <laughs> yeah, and, and now he's Mark Wahlberg, and, and you know, same thing with Rock, the Rock. Now he's Dwayne Johnson, and whoever would have thought he'd be this, you know, great actor? It's it just mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta kind of these, these boundaries don't even need to exist. You need to be whoever you are meant to be. But look, these guys did not. They, you know. They didn't. They they just adapted. Correct. That's that's what I'm really. Yes, you're you're picking up what I'm you know. And, and so those those basic skills are still absolutely positively needed. Adaptability, um, uh, um, critical thinking, the ability to read, the ability to do math. I mean, mm-hmm. those things are those foundational skills. And so, you know, when it comes to technology and digital and all of that. Um, some people are thinking, oh, colleges are going to be obsolete. That was one of your questions. What are they doing to match the skills of the workforce? Well, traditional colleges are, they're, they're not going by the wayside necessarily, but, but they are in the process of adapting. So for, it used to be, you know, the school of communication would never interact with the school of business. Sure. You know, like, it's very no, siloed. They're, yeah, they're competing for students. But now, like, I'm on the marketing department advisory board at Marquette University now. 
And so those departments are much less siloed. The School of Communication is now interacting with the business marketing, School of Business Marketing at Marquette. The business school, they're planning on building that that facility, will have a shared space with the engineering school. Um, likewise, colleges are partnering with corporations to provide these quick one-off certificate programs. So the American Marketing Association has partnered with UW-Milwaukee, and they have a digital certificate. Laughlin Constable, an ad agency here in Milwaukee, full service agency, I should say, is partnering with Marquette, and every year they do a digital summit. So for 99 bucks, you can go to a one-day digital summit and get a, a smattering of infographics, um, Tim Segelski, their director of social media, does a, a social media analytics workshop. Um, the vice president of analytics at Laughlin Constable is teaching uh, analytics. So you get a taste of what industries are using mm-hmm. and get an idea of, okay, where, what's my next step? So for 99 bucks, I can figure out what my next step is. You know, Bruce City User Experience uh, Group, Meetup Group, always meets at Mark, uh, MSOE, and SafeNet is their partner, business partner, and so there you learn what's around the bend in industry. The education partner gets to learn what do I have to teach my students, and the people in the meetup group kind of figure out, okay, what can I do next? So it's these partnerships of traditional with business with what's next. A lot of lines crossing in an effort to be as proactive as possible, you know, so we can kind of overcome what's kind of coming our way, and there's a lot going on. And I, I... to go back to the, I don't think we, we didn't mention the Panera example um, audibly here, but, you know, technology is something that really kind of opens things up. And the, the, the example I referenced was, you know, Panera Bread, uh, they have those, we all know, I think now, right? You can order from your mm-hmm. phone and you can walk in and do it right in the kiosk. And I use that quite a bit and it's a lot faster. <laughs> it's yeah. the, the traditional school of thought is like, well, you're getting rid of the, the jobs of the people behind the desk and, you know, that's going to, we're going to lose jobs. And in fact, the opposite happened. They achieved over a billion in sales from digital platforms because it made it so much easier for the, the consumer to do business with them because you met them where they were on their phone or at that device and as a result they got so many more orders coming in that they hired more people to take care of that and so mm-hmm. I find that to be super fascinating because I, I see that playing out all over the place and it's going to continue yeah. to do so well and again it goes back to what, what we're seeing is required of workers in that in maintaining keeping that gap shortened is adaptability, critical thinking, always, you know, learning something new, research and development, that kind of thing. But the same thing is true of business entities, adaptability, learning something new. um, And that's what Panera did. Now, you've got to be willing to, to be that worker that is is actually making that food. Yep, yep. Or to be that worker, if you're really good with electronics, to, to it's kind of, it, it feels like, um, you know, manufacturing line work where now you've got to go and install six new, you know, keypad widgets, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. And, the, and so instead of just doing one, now I've got to do six. And that can be sort of, can be kind of boring, but you get really good at that. And then what's the next thing? Like, um, then you can my, oversee that process for the next guy since you are so good at it. Right. Or Keep you recognize going. you're doing, like my nephew did that. He installed AT&T, 
you know, cable systems in houses all around Wisconsin. And he started to find an interest in how do we know these are secure? So he, while he was doing that, he went back to school at the technical college and got an IT or a security certificate program. And now he's working in a corporation doing security on this corp, this retail corporation's systems. It's just adaptability, critical thinking, openness to diversity and new opportunities. So if I'm at Panera now, has to have a lot more cooks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, faster, and um, that can be an opportunity for someone. Um, but they also have to be open to a diverse population of cooks. Of course, because so, at that point you got to bring in you know people from all over the place because you have to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so that language, I as a company have to fill a language gap, and we're seeing more and more companies just necessities of mother invention. Um, you used to be you had to have a bachelor's degree. Well, now maybe you have an associate degree from WCTC and that's okay for your entry point. Or now we're seeing more and more relevant professional experience, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I may not have a degree, but I have a lot of programming experience because I was just curious. Um, and opening it up to older workers, too. You know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that too. When you go out, I remember back. So I'm, man, I'm, eight, I'm not that young. I'm not that old. I'm right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. when I was younger, it was high schoolers that ran the retail world after dark. <laughs> and, yeah. And now it seems like it's you know um, the senior community, and and I don't, you know, the younger generation is still just not really that motivated from the looks of it. And that's not a truism across the whole spectrum, but just some things that you kind of notice along the way. Oh yeah, and you know, uh, just. The willingness of companies to employ what is a non-traditional worker, mm-hmm. you know, and again, that whole AI technology is enhancing that for companies because because you know they're using technology to screen workers and schedule interviews and that kind of thing, and it means being less visual in some ways. So, yeah, there's a really interesting, um, I don't think it's called like, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here, the um, digital feedback loop. So when you are embracing technology that mm-hmm. way, you're empowering employees, the people, and then you're transforming products and operations and, and product telemetry. And then from there, it's going into the customer segmentation and getting a customer signal to then kind of create more intelligent customer engagement. And that's all right in the data piece. So everything kind of informs the next and it makes everything better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So it's well, and interesting it, time and to having be around. A, having a different look at loyalty and trust and those things too because some companies are reluctant to invest in professional development. In other words, they don't want to send their worker to the um, you, you know, UWM AMA digital certificate program Mm -hmm. because if I train them, then they're going to go. But, you know, there's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where I'll be back. And and because of that change. You're doing the exact opposite. You know, yeah, you're. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're training them. And if they leave, that's okay because they're still a resource for you. In two years, if you treated them well, they'll be back. 
Treat them well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, recycling. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great thing, and then hopefully they can jettison that mindset of well, if I train, they're gonna go somewhere else. So maybe they would. But you. But if you don't train them, maybe and, they'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you're you're keeping someone that's subpar rather than training them for the opportunity for them to do really well. And if they go somewhere else, then maybe you weren't paying them enough, or who knows? You know, I, there's all sorts of variables there. But I think doing the right thing is always the right thing. If that makes any sense. It it really does. It it it's just so key. You know. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and it's not always going to work 100% of the time, but but it really is helpful in, in filling that gap. But then they tell know. they tell someone else, and, and they say, you know what, they treated me so well. They paid for this education. They got me to where I'm at. It's a great company, great organization. I, I would go back if, you know, I didn't, whatever. And then that creates a, a ripple effect of positive reviews or, or what have right. you. And it's definitely not a bad way to look at the, the way of doing things. No. Well, and that's part of the reason we started our company um, is to get people to come. First of all, people think that living in the Midwest is uh, the death knell of your creative life, you know, and quite the opposite is true. Once people come to this marketplace, they don't want to leave. No, it's a great place to put roots down and, and flourish, and it's safe. We don't have hurricanes, and we don't have earthquakes, and, yeah, and four seasons is fun. And uh, yeah, and and it's not as transitory, um, and it's not a superficial place to live, um, and there's a lot of great longevity here. So once people do come here, they don't want to leave, and that's part of the reason we started Big Shoes because there would be that same person, that graphic designer, that would say, "I like Milwaukee. Um, I've kind of tapped out on what I can do at this company. Do you know of any other opportunities?" So we would share that with them. So, you know, the whole technology is changing things so that we can do that more effectively. Um, and so we're more like the boutique company that people come to. But there's still room in the world for the LinkedIn and Indeeds where there's it's massive and you tons of information. It's just not as uh, geared to the individual. And that's what we do. We're geared to the individual, individual company, individual person. Um, and connecting them. So oh, that's great. There's and totally there's room in the space for for the big vast data and the one off as well. That's well said. And and to just kind of I don't know come full circle I guess. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as a, as a guest on the show, we'd like to kind of make sure you get um, some value out of it as well. And and, oh. and how do people? Engage with Big Shoes Network on both sides of the equation, the employer and the um, job seeker. How does that pan out for them? Where do they go? Is there a website that they ought to visit to start the process? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, our company is Big Shoes Network, and the name comes from our clients. When they used to say, hey, I've got big shoes to fill. Do you know of anybody? And we would connect to them. Um, so Big Shoes Network, and uh, the company website is uh, bigshoesnetwork.com. In the Midwest, it's bigshoesmidwest.com, but you can use either of those and find us. Um, and it, when a, when someone is interested in looking at opportunities or just to find out if their skills are relevant or what the next skills are, we don't charge to have people just come look at the site or sign up for our email, um, uh, follow us on Twitter, we have a LinkedIn group. Um, what differentiates us from other companies that are really vast and huge is our jobs are always fresh. 
big frustration that you find when you go to larger entities, which also use us to source their jobs, sure. is you go to a big box recruitment site and the job has been there for three months and it's already been filled, but it's just sitting there. So it's a big or waste of time for the job seeker. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's oh, I'd really like that job. I want to work at the company. And then they go to apply and it's already been filled. Whereas our postings are never older than 45 days. Um, they're very local. So from a company's perspective, you know, if there's value in going to a big company to post your job because you're going to get truck drivers and people from India yeah, and people yeah. from all over the United States as well as people from Wisconsin. And you want that yep. for all of the jobs that you're sourcing. But if you are looking and you, and you don't want to waste a lot of time and energy doing that, you post on our site, you're going to get 10 to 20 spot on responses because the people that know about us are the people in the industry. So we're the guy in the back of the room that you sidle up to and you say, Hey, you know anybody that can, and he's going to give you two or three names, as opposed to you post it on the bulletin board outside the classroom, everybody's going to respond to it. So we're the guy in the back of the room. That's a, that's great. I'm, I'm really happy that you um, were able to take time out of your data to cover this topic with me today. It was awesome. Thanks. Thanks. I've enjoyed talking with you and all of your endeavors and what Swick Tech does. They just... They're a great help to us for our IT, our security. They even help us know what to purchase next, which is really helpful. That's great. That's good to hear. That's mm -hmm. we're, we're very happy to hear that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, I will. You too. All right. Thanks so happy much. Happy spring. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, Eric. Yep. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Two Business CC Technology Podcast. I really enjoyed the interview with Martha Kerrigan. Covered a lot of ground. Great guests. And again, if you want more information on where to find Martha and Big Shoes Network, you can go to bigshoesnetwork.com. If you want to find more information about SWIC technologies, you can go to swictech.com. That's S-W-I-C-K-T-E-C-H.com. As always... We hope that we added value to your day and your life and your business. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.